Hello, it's Todd Feltz. As a teaching associate professor of strategic communication at the Reynolds School of Journalism and having just taught a hybrid class during the second summer term, I realized that to be an impactful instructor in these rapidly changing times, communication, creativity, curiosity, and a will to always keep learning are key. That's where teaching and learning technologies, or as we like to call it, TLT, comes in. It is my pleasure to introduce this episode of Checked Out, the official podcast of University Libraries and TLT at the University of Nevada, Reno. Since the pandemic began, the libraries and small but nimble TLT team have been working to get faculty and students positioned for a successful start to both the second summer session as well as fall semester. As a professor, I appreciate their very important work. I also appreciate that TLT has given us some very important TLC. The TLT team has worked to outfit classrooms across campus with the latest technology to support learning during these uncertain times and have developed a series of informational and educational videos to help faculty and students properly prepare for the start of the semester. TLT's one-week intensive going online fall 2020 course helps get instructors up to speed on online course design in preparation for the fall 2020 semester. Can you believe TLT looks to graduate approximately three hundred participants from this course before the semester starts. This week on Checked Out, Sasha and Sean interviewed Greg Gardella and Kathy Hanselman from the TLT and Instructional Design team. You will hear what their work has been like leading up to the start of the semester and what other programs and services are available to faculty and students. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. As always, I'm Sasha. And I'm Sean. Uh, Welcome to Checked Out, the official podcast of the University of Nevada Reno Libraries and TLT. I feel like we don't say that most of the time. We really should say that most of the time. And now that we're talking to TLT again, I feel we need to pretend we've been saying it the whole time. So, TLT. Um, I'm not going to start saying it until their bribery check to me clears because I'm not on for this sponsorship deal until I know that that money's in the bank. See, you say it's a sponsorship. I say it's a backroom deal with uh, clandestine amounts of cash, you know, suspiciously changing hands. Um, That or they're just really good at... uh, being good I was at what wondering they do. what you and Ed were doing in the back parking lot the other day, but now it all makes sense. You were just exchanging money. Cool. <laughs> Dude, I don't have permission to be on campus. Don't rat me out. <laughs> I haven't come back well, to work yet. Well, if you're at yet. the train tracks, it's technically not on campus. <laughs> That's true. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll text him and let him know we got to move yeah. our deals to there. Uh... <laughs> So our first repeat guest, guys, this is this is groundbreaking yeah. for us. Somebody doesn't hate us yeah. after they've had us interview them. <laughs> they've decided to come right? back on. One, One person. person at least. Uh, so we have Kathy Hanselman back. 
She is also joined by her colleague Greg Gardella from TLT and IDT. And they've, they, you know, they're still working really hard to get campus functional with a pandemic. Yeah, it kind of sounds like Greg, unlike the rest of us, never left campus because he had a lot to yeah. do in a short amount of time. Yeah, uh, His whole team, not just yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> it, takes, it takes a team. <laughs> I feel like if it were just him doing all this work, he wouldn't have had time to talk to us. Yeah, and I mean, it probably st- still wouldn't be done. Not that I don't think Greg's amazing, <laughs> but I just feel... That, that's a lot of <laughs> a work, lot of work. <laughs> for one person, even over an entire summer. Unless he's secretly sponsored by Five Hour Energy, then maybe. Or, or Coca Cola from the early 20th century. Um, I mean. <laughs> so, uh, I guess without further ado, we should throw it to past selves for an interview with Kathy and Greg. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great idea. Past selves, take it away. All right, so thank you for joining us today. Uh, we have. Greg Gardella with us. Um, what is your actual title in TLT and IDT? I'm the Assistant Director of Classroom Technology within TLT. TLT is broken up into two primary units, uh, the Classroom Technology part and the IDT part. Uh, I'm in charge of the Classroom Technology part. Our responsibilities are for literally classroom technology. Um, so we provide support for technology in the rooms, uh, that would be just-in-time uh, support, it would be installation of equipment, it would be design of systems, it would be training of faculty members and use of the systems. Those are the primary functions of what we do. Okay, so every time I was in class as an undergrad and the projector didn't work and the, my professor panicked and called people, it was your department that it sent was. The, the gurus over. Okay. It was. We would. We would. And we have a. We have a goal of six minutes of service. Uh, a six minute service goal um, to get to a room. So uh, our our plan is that if we can get to a room within six minutes, um, and typically it's more like four. But if we can get to a, a room in that span of time, it's having trouble. We can get that room up and moving, uh, so the faculty member can proceed with their class. If it's much more than that then they actually will want to cancel class and let sure. everybody go home and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, we're responsible for over 300 spaces on, on campus with technology installed, and uh, and that goes across about 50 buildings. So yeah. it's wow. And we also have off-campus responsibilities as well. Sure. So can you kind of describe over the last several months how you guys have been taking the social distancing standards and applying them to classrooms and what sort of technology you guys have been installing in the classrooms for high flex learning, I guess is what we're going to call it. (laughs) (laughs) The start of our process here was to sort of figure out what needed to take place with the Zoom call in conjunction with an on uh, a face-to-face instructional uh, mode. And, and, um, And Ed did a lot of the early groundwork of that and laying out the system design, Ed Huffman, my, my, my uh, manager, he's the director of our department. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we were faced with a couple of uh, constraints that we needed to work through. Um, one was we needed to not jeopardize the face-to-face instructional uh, opportunities, and we needed to make the, the online Zoom uh, opportunities as good as they could be mm-hmm. um, within the limitations that those present. 
and, um, and we needed to do them in ways that people had come to expect of the work that we do. So we, uh, we work off of three guiding principles. We, we need to make sure that technology is easy to use, so, and, that, and we apply a, a standard of intuitive use. So if you can walk into a room and receive no training, you are more than likely able to actually use the room. Okay. And, and, and so we try and design the ease of use into the space, but it also has to be functional. That's one of our other guiding principles. It has to be able to do the things that our faculty members need the room to do. Mm-hmm. And then it has to be reliable. It has to do it every single time that they expect it to be done. Right. Uh, with those, those guiding principles, we came up with a system that utilizes the existing room technology. So we have smart classrooms. We have uh, in about 165 centrally scheduled classrooms on campus. And then we have about 165 or 70 other rooms that we support um, that have technology in them that we needed to apply uh, high flex technology to. And um, the other constraint that we faced is that we had to be able to do it in uh, in a budget friendly way because we knew that that, that everybody was going to be struggling with money, and and obviously that has come to pass. We had to do it in an affordable way, mm-hmm. and to do that we had to be able to get the technology, any content that would go to the projector or to the large flat screen monitor in a room, had to also be able to go out to Zoom concurrently. And, and to do that, we also ran into the problem of having um, whiteboards in rooms. Mm-hmm. And so when we applied a webcam, basically uh, the webcam isn't a good device for doing whiteboard use. So, And we had done testing on this quite a bit in the past, so we already knew that to be the case, but we already did, we did some other testing as well. Right. And, and when you align a webcam on a whiteboard uh, at a distance people simply cannot read what's on that whiteboard. Yeah. And, and we knew that we weren't going to have the faculty member walking around behind themselves or putting it in a stand and moving it up the whiteboard. Like GoProing yeah. the whiteboard or anything. Yeah, <laughs> while they're writing, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and we had to take some consideration into the faculty member's use of the technology. That, that guiding principle of ease of use was critical because they had to be able to teach and also uh, utilize the technology that was being applied to the room. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so we, we, we worked out a way to utilize the existing document cameras. There are sometimes known as Elmos in okay. classrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, those t- we hadn't uh, used this technology before, uh, this part of that technology. There's a USB port on that on that document camera. And that allows for us not only to send video out to the projector system, but by using the USB port, we were able to connect it to the computer and concurrently send the signals both directions. Okay. And so by having the document camera, a faculty member can place a piece of paper on the document camera mm-hmm. and treat it just like a whiteboard. Just write out and their notes and then literally can see it easy. And then, okay. yeah, and then so the document camera would send those notes to, that they would normally put on a whiteboard out to the projector. Mm-hmm. It would also go to the Zoom. And the, that, that was, uh, in this case, a pretty easy, inexpensive approach that took a little bit of work to make it all happen and a whole bunch of wiring. Um, we've we've installed we've installed a, a crazy amount. I mean, something like seventeen or eighteen hundred individual wires 
just to get this flex high flex technology running. Sure. So I have a question for like in the classroom. So if I'm in a class, will I be able to talk and have the people watching at home hear me? Or have you guys installed speakers and mics within the classroom and stuff like that? Yeah, the, the challenges that you have with audio are literally the hardest ones mm -hmm. that we face. Mm -hmm. So what we're using is a, for the instructor is a very high quality speakerphone microphone system. And okay. it's called a, a Chat 150. It lives on the podium with the webcam. And the faculty member can just speak. And within about 10 or 12 feet, they're able to be heard. Um, any questions on the part of students in the room would need to be repeated by the faculty member. Right. That seems the, the easiest way around that issue is just to have the faculty member rephrase the in-person question for any distance learners. Yes. Um, that, yeah, that's, that seems simple, elegant. Um, sometimes you even need to do it in a normal classroom anyway if it's a really big room. So, yeah. <laughs> so... I guess what is what is different about training faculty for this uh, this new setup versus training faculty in a normal non-pandemic ravaged world? Well, we provide training in a couple of different ways, uh, primarily, and this doesn't this part hasn't shifted much uh, since uh, the pandemic started. Uh, we provide just-in-time training, so we have faculty members that will call and say. I don't know how to make this work, or I'm having trouble, and we run out to the room. And, and in that moment, we'll, uh, we'll let the faculty member save face, mm -hmm. but we'll walk into the room and know that it's, oh, I have to turn it on, or, oh, I have to <laughs> push replay, or that kind of thing. And so we'll, yeah. we'll sort of <laughs> treat it like it was a technical error. Right. And we'll do a quick training on the side so they know understand what the problem was and know how to avoid it in the future. <laughs> and then we'll hand them a card and say, let's talk later and, and do a little more further training. Uh -huh. um, but we also do uh, scheduled planned trainings. So we go okay. out to a room, um, schedule it, and go out to a room and meet a faculty member and just walk them through the sure. whole technology. And honestly, most folks understand it intuitively, which is, again, our goal of that guiding principle. But we can provide a little bit more nuanced understanding of how the systems work. And, uh, mm -hmm. and we also train for self-sufficiency. So if somebody is experiencing a problem that we can predict for them that they may experience, we train them about that problem and show them how they can avoid that issue um, so they can be preemptive. Okay. So I have like a non-COVID related question. So I know the engineering building is nearing completion, correct? Yes. Or yes. you guys are in there doing the classes? We are. Is there any some real? Is there some like cool tech in there that we won't see in any other classrooms on campus? Do you have any like inside <laughs> scoop for the tech in those classrooms? Or? I, I do. Um, so when we started out this year, uh, this build cycle, we have a build cycle where we start in the summers, and and winter breaks and summers are our busiest times. So we'll mm. prepare during the semesters for those break times to build up uh, classrooms that we can't get into during the semesters. And, um, and the engineering building was one that's been, we've been in the design process and the, and the construction planning process on that building. Um, I think Ed started, boy, three or four years ago even. Um, wow. And so we were, knew that that room, that that building was going to need to be built. 
And they, we have 70 individual systems that needed to get built this summer. Uh, about 50 of them were going into the engineering building. And so okay. before we even knew that there of anything related to COVID, we already had uh, about 70 systems to install this summer that that would have made this summer one of the busiest summers we've had ever. So we we knew that we were going to have a very hectic, busy time, and we prepared greatly for that. So uh, all the way back into the end of last summer, we started preparing for the installations that we were going to need to do this summer. Um, sure. And, and, and you know, I can't say enough about the ability of our folks to take on the challenges that have been placed before us. It, it, the ability to, to, I think we're on track to do all of the work that we were set to do. So about 70 system installations before the pandemic hit, and then do installations in high flex rooms of about 220, 230 rooms. And that could never have happened without the adaptability and the good hard work and diligence on the part of our, our, our staff. They've been great. We've already seen some of that. So when we shifted off, and part of that transition started happening back in the spring term. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the right when we hit the, 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 the spring break time and it was announced that everybody was going online, we actually ended up having to jump into the mix and help people with Zoom because literally the IDT folks, which had, would normally be dealing with the, the software and the zeros and ones stuff online, they were swamped. And so yeah. we started, <laughs> yeah. so some of our staff started taking on some of that responsibility. We had someone who started taking phone calls directly and triaging every call coming in uh, for support for Zoom. We had other people that would handle scheduling and train people on how to use Zoom and troubleshoot the Zoom itself. Well, all of that early experience that we had last spring is now beginning to translate into what we've had to face in the summer two session. And so we've got our, we dipped our toe in the ice cold water. Actually, last spring we jumped in the ice cold water. And then this summer we've been able to dip our toe in again and see how it is. And then the fall we're gonna jump back into the ice cold water again. But we're right. we're um, we will have slathered ourselves up before we jumped into the ice cold water, and or we've got a <laughs> we've got a wetsuit on now or something like that. So so go. our folks have been adaptable and they've learned about how to support Zoom. Um, some of those roles are going to have to change because we're going to have less of the the issues that we face with the direct support in classrooms that is not related to Zoom. So it's been a learning curve for all of our 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 in-room technicians to actually figure out Zoom elements as well. And us doing the installation work and troubleshooting of the things in summer too has helped us become mm-hmm. prepared for those those challenges. That's great, cool. super. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day. Uh, sure. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for all the work. There's mm-hmm. There's been a, a lot there. I feel like you didn't so much jump in in the spring into that ice water as you were pushed yeah. in. Yeah. And, and, but but you've you've handled it well, and now the, the campus is ready to go. Yeah, so we're in good we shape, I think. We're, we'll see when it gets to the fall, because I think that the, the sheer volume of it will create some some issues for us that we uh, haven't been able to anticipate. But but I yeah. think we're I think we're in good shape right now. So, and I appreciate you communicating out uh, some of the things that we've been working on. It, I think that anything we can do to communicate out the the things that we're doing to help people is, 
I, I think that reassurance is something that, that everyone needs right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So we are here with uh, history being made, Sasha. The first. I know, our first repeat guest. I'm yeah, so excited. Yeah, the first ever two-time guest <laughs> uh-huh. on the show. Uh, once again, Kathy Hanselman, thank you for, for joining us, uh, talking to us today about TLT and all the, the crazy amount of work going on up there. Just in case people don't remember who you are, Kathy, because you know you should memorize every episode, but a lot of people don't. So uh, can you give us a quick kind of rundown of what do you do in TLT and instructional design? All right. Well, I'm an instructional designer with the instructional design team, which is just one of the two parts of the um, teaching and learning technologies office here on campus. Um, So the instructional design team focuses on helping instructors use technology technology and teaching um, in things like web campus and, you know, with this big move, a lot of Zoom and, you know, remote teaching and things like that, but also things like clickers and student response systems and basically just any way that you can use technology to, to enhance your teaching. We, we last talked to you sort of in the aftermath of suddenly getting campus ready after spring break. So what, what has been different and what has been, I guess, specific for faculty and for students? How have you been prepping for a full semester with appropriate amount of time to prep? Well, we've been, well, I guess looking at spring, that was a lot of just like emergency reaction yeah. teaching and, and helping people get on board with things. They've never used Zoom before. A lot of instructors hadn't even used different tools within Web Campus before. So it was just kind of just rapidly getting people on board with the technology that we have. Coming into, and we actually started with helping a lot of instructors getting ready for the second summer session because that was also in kind of the same format of either completely online or high flex, um, different modalities for teaching. So we kind of were trying to get as much done as possible before the start of the second summer term so that those instructors would have some help and then also getting instructors ready for fall. So a lot of that has just been trying to get instructors instead of emergency knee-jerk getting their classes ready to go, actually doing some thoughtful planning about how they'll use the technology, how they'll organize their classes with these different modalities. And just, you know, it's very different than most instructors are used to with having a face-to-face class. So just kind of re-envisioning how they might approach a class, either being online or, you know, the high flex um, mixed delivery courses that a lot of a lot of classes are going to be doing. So just kind of helping instructors prepare and then also, of course, giving them the, um, the tips and the tricks and the note and the tutorials on how to actually use the technologies continue right. this entire time. <laughs> right. I think that's something that's really important to keep in mind for instructors coming into this is every class is different. Every instructor is different. The students in your class are different, so there's not always a one-size-fits-all. So we've given this information in our our resource course. It's kind of like the basics and some tips and tricks, but it's also like you need this information and then talk with people in your own department. Contact us at IDT. We can help you brainstorm ways to make these ideas and these tools work with what you want from your class that may be very individualized. You might be the only instructor who's doing this this way specifically. Um, So I, I just think that it's really important that instructors know that they, it's not, it's not weird to, you know, try to ask for individualized help because classes are individualized. So we've been talking a lot about instructors and faculty and how they're dealing with the transition. What have you guys have in store for students coming back in fall? Did you guys do any prep work for them or how is that going to (laughs) happen? 
We did. We actually created um, what we ended up calling a student learning toolkit. Um, and it's also a resource course that's on web campus. So all students and all faculty, um, teaching faculty, have been automatically enrolled into this class. So all of them, the next time they log into web campus, it should show up on their dashboard as well. And it's, it's just called student learning toolkit. Um, and with this, it's uh, a lot of, we kind of rolled what we had done uh, really quickly in the spring semester as far as like tutorials on how to post a discussion in web campus, how to join a Zoom meeting. We had some very basic information in spring and we added to that just like we did for our instructor materials, um, a little bit more in depth on how maybe how to give a presentation in Zoom, how to record your Zoom meeting and send it to your instructor. Just more in depth things that we know instructors are going to be asking students to do in the fall. So those tutorials, um, and then we also included a little bit more of kind of student success that would go along with this. So, you know, how to use Web Campus to plan out your time to get your assignments done in time how to look for your grades and instructor feedback in Web Campus, and then you know, take that information into hand. There's information on how to contact your instructor and how important communication is. Uh, kind of best practices even for time management and um, you know, even motivation and, and you know, things like that, where it's maybe a little bit outside of our wheelhouse as far as technology and, and teaching, but I think it's important to know just some basic ideas on like, Make sure that you actually put into your calendar that you have a Zoom meeting on Tuesday and how to use mm -hmm. things like that. So we created yeah. that. We automatically are enrolling all students. And then we also put all faculty into that course as well so that faculty can see what students are seeing. So if, if you were an instructor who had, say, um, assigned students to do a presentation via Zoom, the instructor knows that they can tell the student, go look in the student learning toolkit and there's step by steps on how to do this. So the instructor knows that the students have been given this information and they can direct students towards those, those steps, those tutorials, instead of trying to lead it themselves. Some instructors may even go into the toolkit and copy some of that information out and put it into their own classes so that it's, you know, it's already written for them the direction so that they don't have to try to do it themselves. So we're hoping to yeah. make students more comfortable and also remove some of the work that, that faculty might have to do in trying to get to try these new things with new tech with their students. That's good. That's great. Yeah, I feel like as a student, I never really fully understood web campus. <laughs> and like now, now we can <laughs> as students. <laughs> I remember those moments of going, I hope what yeah. I'm looking for is in here. Nope. I hope it's in here. Nope. <laughs> I uh, mean, sure, that I was like <laughs> a million iterations of web campus ago. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. You go ahead, Sean. You go, go ahead. Go ahead, you. No, it's you. No, it's all you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, this is how polite we are, just falling down all over <laughs> each other. Uh, so you've mentioned, you know, obviously people need to get in touch with TLT for help. Uh, in case they don't know how to do that by now, where do they contact you? How do they get in touch with TLT for help? Well, I think that a good start for anybody um, is to check out our webpage, which is unr.edu slash TLT. We have a ton of new resources that have been built up over the summer. Um, a lot of things that are you know, pulled from these resources that we're making available in trainings and classes. Just if we get a question from an instructor, then we think, well, probably other instructors have the same question. We should probably build out some information on our webpage for it. So we definitely suggest going there and kind of seeing what resources you can find there. There's links to um, workshops and sessions and, and Q&As and things like that. Specific questions um, can always come to our group email, which is idt at unr.edu. Um, that one goes to our entire team of seven, and we all kind of keep an eye on it all day. And whoever is either has the time or the specific know-how um, will pick up any email that comes through. Like we have Dawn in our office is 
the accessibility guru. So if there's an accessibility question, he, he'll snatch that one up. If, if it's about student response systems, then it's Winsen. If it's you know, different things like that, we'll, the expert will kind of pick up the email. Um, and we try to get them answered within, within the business day if possible. If it requires a little bit more research, we might take another day or two, but we usually get in contact with the person who's asking the question as soon as possible to let them know kind of what's going on. So that's the best, best way to contact our group. We're still not back in the office yet. So um, okay. the, the email is the best way. We do have um, our, our phones are being checked, our voicemail is being checked, but it's also just kind of coming to that same IDT at unr.edu email address. So yeah. come directly to the source. Um, with that, we still may say, okay, let's get on a quick Zoom call and do this one-on-one um, where you can kind of talk through the problem. I'm a big fan of that because with Zoom, I can pull up my screen and actually show you what I'm talking about in your web campus course and kind of walk you through the steps. So I think it's really helpful in that way. Almost more helpful than when we were taking phone calls in the office. I'm kind of thinking if we okay. ever do go back to the office, I kind of like the Zoom yeah. situation better yeah. than the phone anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's harder to talk people through like, no, click that button under the other. Wait, it doesn't look like that on your screen. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, you're on a Mac? Like, yeah. <laughs> you didn't tell me you were on a Mac. <laughs> May as well be on the moon I for all I can help you with not knowing that. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for taking uh, the time, uh, the second time. <laughs> to talk with us. Uh, we, we appreciate it. Hopefully, if we talk to you again in four months, it will be on campus with health back in order. And we'll be talking about how to go back into the classroom instead of going online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I hadn't even yeah. thought about that. <laughs> That's gonna be a whole uh, nother yeah, set of trainings. Yeah, how to transition your fully online so course to in-person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry to ruin your day at the end of the interview. That sounds like a December problem. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you aren't impressed with TLT, if you weren't impressed after the first interview we did with Kathy, the second one and the interview with Greg should really convince you and push you over that edge. I mean, that response time alone, like... I can't get from the first floor of the Knowledge Center up to the fifth floor in like, what, four to six minutes? That's not happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. how? I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I can't get there. I assume they're holding out on a teleporter or they have some special kind of airplane. Um, it's something. They have a secret. Greg accidentally let the cat out of the bag. We just didn't see the type of cat. Yeah. That's all that's I'm happening. going with secret tunnels. Because this is an old school. Tunnels are things. (laughs) There's all these stories about the school being haunted. Uh May as well have some secret tunnels under there. That only TLT knows about. And I'm totally jealous because I guess I never have a need to be south of campus in like under six (laughs) minutes these days. But you know, a girl can dream. if If I want anything to do with the south end of campus and a response time of four to six minutes, it was usually me calling Jimmy Johns. Yeah. And I feel like they still weren't as fast as TLT is on that classroom response Maybe time. Jimmy Johns should outsource That's... to them because it seems like they're right faster than Jimmy Johns. They're right? Oh, no. Do I owe TLT tips? I think you do. Um, but you know you're a jerk. No. <laughs> I was like, you're a jerk, so you don't have to tip. <laughs> 
I mean, I've been locked indoors for five months. I've forgotten <laughs> social skills. <laughs> I'm surprised you even know how money works, Sean. It's, uh, it's been so long. Yeah. It, from indoors, all money is mm-hmm. a digital number in an app. That's, that's all it is. Uh, yeah, no, in, in all seriousness, TLT have done a lot of really, really impressive, super cool work uh, over, over summer. It was already going to be intense, as Greg talked about. And it only got worse, and they've they've come through with flying colors. And for people not on campus, you don't get to see it. But it's really it's really good, the stuff they do behind the scenes. I mean, it goes for a lot of departments on campus. And then the library itself. When you guys aren't here, when students aren't here, when professors are away for the summer, everybody's kind of nose to the grindstone to get all those little projects you just don't have time for during the semester done. Because... You can yep. do it without as much interruption. And even right now, things like recording for podcasts. We couldn't do this if TLT hadn't set up Zoom for this campus. That's true. Um, TLT, we just love you so much. Please don't ever yeah, you guys are stop cool. doing what you guys do. Literally, yeah. the campus would fall apart without you guys. So... The only thing you guys could do better is let us into those tunnels. We need the tunnels. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all we want. That's uh-huh. all we want. But until we do that, we should probably do our NPR voices. As always, your hosts today have been Sasha Salada and Sean Busey. Our guests today were Kathy Hanselman, Instructional Designer, and Greg Gardella, Instructional Technology Manager. And a special thank you to Todd Feltz. Thanks, as always, to the library's podcast team. Highlighted this week by by new member Jasmine Arevalo, also Maggie Russell, Michelle Revoletti, Lucas Starmer, Jill Stockton, and Reed Barris. Episode music by Better Days by Lewin Wilkstrom, courtesy of Universal Production Music. Thank you, as always, for listening. Until next time, this is Checked Out, Checking Out. Same old darkness, same